0: Welcome to Fighting Over the VCR. My name is Matthew. I'm Nancy. And we are brother and sister and we grew up watching movies together and we want to talk about movies because I like movies. Do you like movies?
1: I love movies.
0: Um, I think
1: we've loved movies since pretty much the day we were born. We were probably
0: partially raised on movies.
1: Absolutely, The best babysitter ever.
0: There will be spoilers in this podcast. Yes,
1: this is a heavily spoiler-filled podcast. We will tell you at the very beginning of each episode which movies we're talking about, so if you haven't seen those movies and you don't want to be spoiled, you'll know to check them out and then come back to our
0: podcast later. So um, let's give you a little bit of background on why we're doing this podcast. Um, Basically, uh, there was a chain lettery kind of thing where you post something and then you tell somebody that they now have to post it and that kind of thing on Facebook. And it was based on movies that have influenced you. You know, you grew up watching, kind of made you who you are. And, um, we really, really kind of liked that.
1: It was a lot of fun. I think you'll see as we go along, um, what we plan on doing with our show is each week we're gonna look at the lists that we each put together through this Facebook challenge. It was officially a ten day challenge. I threw in a few honorable mentions because I don't like to follow all the rules, and we're gonna look at our movies like the day one movies. That would be our first episode, and you might find that sometimes our movies lined up perfectly where we picked the same movie. Um, for all of these ca- instances, we have seen. All of the movies, all of the movies that are on my list, Matt's seen, all the movies on Matt's list I've seen, except one, which I will watch before we record that episode.
0: So, um, because this podcast is going to be talking not just about movies, but about us and how it's affected our lives and growing up and the fact that as a brother and sister, we got to introduce movies to each other mm-hmm. and I got to see movies that I probably never would have watched. Mm-hmm. Because I have an older sister And she got to watch movies that she never would have watched Because she has a younger brother brother. (laughs) Yeah You'll probably hear us repeat Or uh, finish each other's sentences Because we grew up together So, um, yeah So, growing up, we were pretty, you know Blessed to have TVs And VCRs And parents that, you know Really supported us to watch movies And You know, We would record movies off the television. We would borrow movies from the video store. Remember Warehouse? Yeah, you would go to Warehouse and rent movies. That was us.
1: Do you guys know how long it took Back to the Future to get on
0: VHS? I specifically remember how long that took. Oh my gosh, that was a nightmare. But Back to the Future, we got to see in the theater. We did. Mom took us to Back to the Future. We did. And that was a great summer movie event. I don't think Back to the Future is on our list.
1: It's not on our list, but it might be on a future guest's list that she may be sharing with us at one of these days. Yeah.
0: So, um, let's... Uh, I think that's all the background I wanted to give. Do so you want to give me more background? I don't
1: think so. I mean, just, just know that we we were the kind of kids that watched movies a lot. I mean, not just... We were never casual movie watchers. I mean, movies really for, helped form our identity more than reading did, almost as much as music did. But movies in particular really um, became like an extra family member for us. I mean, yeah. we we really loved movies a lot. And, you know, it was probably watching movies together is probably the thing we did the most together growing up.
0: Right. And you'll see throughout this podcast that um, part of our just normal vernacular is quotes from movies and just things that we, inside jokes and all that kind of stuff is all from movies. And I think you're going to see, you get that a lot with brothers and sisters who watch movies.
1: Yeah. And this will become evident because of the lists that we're putting together, but... We did grow up in the 80s, hence why we were fighting over a VCR. So, um, a lot of our movies, especially mine, will be from the 80s.
0: I have a lot of 90s movies, actually. I know you do. Yours go all some. over. Mine go all over. I
1: may have deliberately wanted to narrow it down to the 80s. Well,
0: that's your prerogative. So, So, we have two great movies that we watched over and over and over again, and... I'm going to go first, because...
1: Well, before you start, let's just say which which movies we're watching. We don't want anyone to get too far into this podcast. And get bored? No. To, <laughs> to be like, wait a minute, I haven't seen the movie Nancy's talking about, and she's about to spoil it. No. The movie I'm going to talk about, after Matt talks about his, is Say Anything with John Cusack.
0: And I'm going to just kind of nip this one in the bud, because... I pretty much think that unless you've lived under a rock or on Tatooine for the last 40 years, it's pretty hard to get away from the movie Star Wars. Um,
1: Unless you're our dad.
0: Yeah. Dad, I think just because he's funny and trying to be our dad, constantly calls it Star Trek. Um, Which is not bad. I like Star Trek. Star Trek's great. I think that it's just different than Star Wars. But I don't
1: think he's actually seen any of them.
0: Um no comment. Yeah. No comment. So, um like I said, unless you've been stuck on Tatooine for the last 40 years, um so you must have experienced Star Wars in some way shape or form. Um it's been thoroughly ingrained in our culture and society. You can't go to Target or Disneyland or a bathroom stall somewhere without seeing Star Wars. Whoa, whoa, wait. Bathroom stall? Um, yeah. People quote Yoda on bathroom stalls. They don't do that in the ladies' room?
1: No, I haven't seen that in the ladies' room.
0: Do you not read the walls in the ladies' room? No. It could be hilarious.
1: I certainly don't think I've seen Yoda quotes in the ladies' room. Leia quotes? No Leia quotes either. Boba Fett? No. Salacious Crumb? (laughs) Okay, we get it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anyway, um, so anyway, there's toys and movies and books and conventions and porno and websites and fan fiction. And there's even a land coming to Disneyland in California. All about Star Wars. Um, What does Star Wars mean to me? How has it affected me? Well, for me, that is the first movie I remember watching on a VCR. Really? Yes. Um, I remember sitting on our couch in the dark and watching uh, Star Wars as a family on our VCR. I'm not 100% sure Dad was present. Um, Was it talk season? He would claim that he was not present, but um, yeah. That was great. And I remember the actual tapes. Now, I'm going to preface this with we had a lot of movies on tape. And we weren't the kind of people who would, like, say, hey, I've got this one cassette and it's got Star Wars on it. We would have a cassette that was, you know, recorded with extended play and it would have multiple movies on it. So on this tape was first Star Wars. Than Dumbo, <laughs> than The Wizard of Oz. Now there's, <laughs> you can read into how those movies connect or anything like that, but basically it's the movies that we had, and that tape got worn out mostly because of me, and um, we what, could prob- you weren't
1: watching Dumbo like a million times. In I a probably
0: row? was watching Dumbo because the tape would just continue you- on, and then you know, all of a sudden it would get to the Wizard of Oz. And not that I don't like the Wizard of Oz, but I would have to just, I would just turn it off at that point. I saw it so many times as a kid. I loved this movie. I've watched all the sequels. I've seen them when they've been re-released. I saw, I think it was episode one when it was re-released as 3D. I like all the new movies that they're moving, that they're coming out with. It has affected my life in a way that I probably, as like a three or four year old, didn't even think it would happen, but it did. Um, well, even to
1: this day, I mean, you've got... How many? How much of your wardrobe is influenced by Star
0: Wars? Um, not everything, but all my like bum around on the weekend shirts probably might be Star Wars related. I yeah. have some kind of funny, kind of jokey shirts that are Star Wars related. Yeah. Um, But, so when we did the 10-day challenge, I specifically picked a screenshot from um, Return of the Jedi, which gets to my next big fact, was that Return of the Jedi was the first Star Wars movie that I saw in the theater. My mom... I think
1: me too. I had to have been there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. My mom recognized how much I love Star Wars, and then took me to go see *The Return of the Jedi*. And
1: you would have been four, five.
0: It came out in eighty three, yep, so you would have I was been four. I was four, and um, I can't believe I sat through that movie at the age of four. But I was probably mesmerized by everything and super excited. Well, and and the
1: Ewoks were kind of like Muppets, so yeah, yeah, you know.
0: yeah, and. Um, Another interesting fact that while preparing for this podcast, I kind of figured out that is going to sound like mind-blowing to people is I'm pretty sure I saw Return of the Jedi before I saw Empire. Empire being the second movie in the trilogy of movies. And I think that the reason why I saw the saw Empire before Jedi was because I don't think we ever got a dub of it until after I saw Return of the Jedi. That's likely. Because, you know, I'm, you know, meditating on how what I'm going to say during this podcast and I'm thinking about, you know, my experience first watching Star Wars and I'm realizing, oh my gosh, I'm pretty sure that I, for a small period of time thought to myself these movies are not in the right order and being totally confused by the whole like how did he just now find out that spoiler that Darth Vader is his father (laughs) if you don't if you don't know that you've you're you're listening to the wrong podcast yeah but anyway um,
1: that makes a lot of sense though and really I mean, if you were, you were only four when Jedi came out, it's not like our parents would have been like completionists and would have been like, oh, Matt, uh uh-uh, we cannot go to Jedi until you see Empire. No. It wouldn't have been important. And, And because VCRs were such an early invention at that point, you know, people were just getting into the habit of even watching movies at home whenever they wanted to, let alone having a full collection. I mean, nowadays, two or three months after a movie comes out, you have the ability to own a film. Back then, I mean, I don't even remember how we even got those movies.
0: But we are I, not going to question We're not going dis- to discuss that. Exactly. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, I mean, it's been you know, a huge part of my life. I quote it all the time. I have a son who will do things. And I say the most obscure line from the movie, um, the original movie, um, he's just got too much father in him. And that's something that Luke's aunt says. So, I mean, I, I say things like that and, you know, again, it's just become part of my vernacular. I, you know gravitate towards so much of it the art in it the idea of all the different aliens all these different things just really kind of spoke to me as a child i
1: mean it's and it's likely the set the movies you've watched the most in your life
0: like on repeat like by far oh any any movie in my top 10 list that we were or it's not really a top 10 list but In these ten movies that we picked, it's a kind of movie where if I'm flipping through it on the television and it's on, I'll just stop. Yeah, I can just watch it. Yeah, and I don't need to watch it from the beginning. I can don't need to, you know, pause it when there's a you know when I have to go to the bathroom. I can just leave it on wherever I pick it up. Yeah, you know I'm there, and um, you know I don't really. Need to say a whole lot about this I mean like I said I mean there are so many people out there That love this movie There's probably 50 podcasts or more All about Star Wars And I recommend you checking them out And finding them if you like Star Wars Because hey why not And um, you know It's just kind of ingrained in my DNA I quote it daily I decorate my house with it My wife and I love it You dress up as it it for Halloween We did We um, have dressed up in the Star Wars costumes for Halloween not at conventions just at Halloween I'm not really comfortable with that I do You have it, your boundaries I have my boundaries that's I have my very personal, legitimate yeah and um you know we even used the throne room music at our wedding, when we like after we got married, when we're walking back down the aisle, instead of the traditional music, it was used, the greatest like, thing ever. I
1: remember asking them. I remember because I was there. I got to be the maid of honor, and I remember asking um all of these kind of like pre-wedding questions, and they were very generous in sharing all these plans they had. And I asked Sherry, "I'm like, okay." What is the music you're going to be walking to after? Because oh oh, we're not even telling you that because it was so. It was one of the best surprises. I don't think I've ever been to another wedding where they thought to use that after you are now pronounced husband and wife. Never before, never since. It's amazing.
0: I'm sure we're not the first people to do that.
1: You're the first people and the only people that I know who've done that. And yeah. I I can say I've known plenty of Star Wars fans. Period. Yeah. I mean, our age group. I mean, Star Wars is is a very, very common, you know, movie obsession for people in our age group. But I don't think I've known of anybody else who's used Star Wars in their wedding. So, yeah. awesome.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, um yeah. So, not too surprising that Star Wars made it to one of our lists. Yes. And, you know, I think that um, I'm really looking forward to all the stuff that they're going to be doing with Star Wars. I mean, my initial reaction when... Um Disney bought the rights to Star Wars was a little surprising and slightly concerned, only because at the time I was not totally supportive of Disney at the time. But my tune you were has changed. Suspicious. I was suspicious. I was
1: I mean, what kind of like little prince? Was there gonna be a Star Wars musical? Is that what you were worried about?
0: Um Not really a Star Wars musical, although, you know, regardless of what it was about, I probably would have watched it.
1: I mean, Star Wars already has princesses, so it it kind of
0: fits the Disney model. Oh, no, there is, uh, there are um, a lot of, um, I think uh, you can go online and there's various websites, you know, trying to make Princess Leia an official Star Wars, or a Disney princess. Oh, my God. And that would be great although um i don't know how you know maybe in star wars land they can have princess leia there and you can like take a picture with her and they'll have to like have like the re- the signature that is like perfect for everyone who is princess leia there and oh everything God.
1: well if they if they do officially make her a disney princess i really hope people address her the way that han always addressed her like your worship mm-hmm. and you know all of his really sarcastic you know Unimpressed um, terms for her being a princess um, that, yeah. would be,
0: that would be interesting mm-hmm. I mean I'm sure mm-hmm. that some people would do that and then others would just be an offer I mean Princess Leia was you know really a um, you know looking if you when you hear other people talk about Star Wars and Princess Leia the immediate thing that people want to talk about is her in a slave costume Ugh. and that was never like my main point of focus. Um, I always liked Princess Leia actually in Empire. She really took charge in Empire. Yeah. She had a really, the way that, um, she was acted by Carrie Fisher was amazing in that movie. She saves Han. I mean, there's just lots of, um, really great things about Princess Leia as a character in all the movies, even when, um, they did the sequels, when, and now that they're doing the sequel trilogy, um, her character is great in those movies. So
1: Yeah, she's amazing.
0: So yeah, Star Wars.
1: Well, one fun thing about Star Wars and the movie that I want to talk about is that Star Wars features a pair of a brother and sister pair. And in the movie I want to speak about, Say Anything, which came out in 1989, featured um, John Cusack, Ioni Skye, and John Cusack's real-life sister, Joan Cusack. This, this movie, I feel, unlike some of the John Hughes movies, which I also really love, and one of those appears on my list, Say Anything kind of represented what I th- always wanted to imagine a high school romance being, You know, like Lloyd Dobler kind of became a blueprint of what the ideal boyfriend um, would be for me. And um, Matt and I did watch this movie quite a bit growing up. I saw it in the theater. We grew up near three theaters. UA Southland and Festival, and we were walking distance from both UA and S- Southland. You
0: could walk to Festival. It was it was
1: it a was long a- walk. I I never walked there.
0: I walked there many. That many times. It was about two two
1: plus miles from our house, but UA and Southland literally were under a twenty minute walk. I went and saw say anything by myself. Um, in the, I believe it was a summer between. Seventh and eighth grade, I think, is when that came out. This movie is amazing. Uh, say anything takes place. It starts at the high school graduation of Lloyd and Diane and a bunch of their friends. And you know, Lloyd has had this crush on Diane
0: uh, since they met at the mall. Since they
1: met at the mall um, a few days prior, prior, but he he's got like an almost an obsession about her. But he wants he wants to connect with her. And let's just say this woman is this girl is. Almost like an alien in terms of how she's presented as this perfect, perfect girl. Like she's won a she's winning a scholarship. She's a class valedictorian. So she wasn't ever really part of the high school community. Lloyd was like everybody knew who Lloyd was. So he's able to um, convince her to go out with him for a graduation party. And they end up spending the entire night together. Um, he ends up having the dubious honor of being a key master where he's got to judge the um, soberness of everybody at the party. Um, and if someone isn't sober, it's his responsibility to get them home safely. Well, she she is a trooper and she sticks by with him. She doesn't. This is way before Ubers existed, so she doesn't think to get an Uber or a Lyft ride home. After, you know, by like midnight or two, you know, she stays with him and, you know, she feels so grateful to him because he kind of helps get her introduced to this high school world that she was always shielded from. Kind of self-imposed distance that she had from the high school because she was always thinking so far ahead into her future. Um, but he got her in there, at least for this one last He was very protective of her through this whole party. And, you know, you get to see him with his friends. He's got one very fragile female friend um, who, do you remember the little song that she sings?
0: Joe Lies. Lies. Yeah, she, um, her character um, is um, just broken up with her high school boyfriend, Joe. And she is a musician and has written 65 songs.
1: I think so. And she's determined to sing all of those songs like that night. And this guy, this is like, this guy is like complete fricking garbage. You know, the exact opposite of Lloyd Dobler. You know, he keeps just screwing with this girl. He keeps breaking up with her and getting back together with her, just torturing this poor girl. Her name was live Lily Tyler's name. Either Diane and Diane and Lloyd are able to begin and have this amazing summer romance um, they're constantly getting feedback from. He's getting feedback from his sister, who she's having a lot of hard times too. He like Lloyd is surrounded by a lot of women who've been screwed over by guys. Like sister is recently divorced. He has a cute little nephew that he gets to play with, and I think Matt and I used to talk about the little kickboxing thing that he would do with the nephew.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, anyways his sister's messed up. He lives with his sister, his girl, his, the girlfriends that he hangs out with, they're all messed up. Um, and then we find out as the movie plays on that Diane and her perfect relationship with her dad, um, the parents, her parents are also divorced is a, is a big giant lie too, you know? So she's in a messed up relationship with her dad. Again, this is a spoiler filled podcast. So big reveals here. um, Alongside the summer romance story of the movie is also this kind of long, almost um, almost like Robert Mueller-like investigation into um, Diane Court's dad. He's basically been frauding old people and um, running, you know, paying for his life with all this money he's been stealing from these old folks that have died and he's just stolen their wealth. But he's hid this from his daughter, of course, all these years. And, you know, investigators kind of get her involved. And, you know, the climax of the movie is um, the dad telling Diane, you need to break up with Lloyd because he's insanely manipulative. He's been manipulative her entire life. But putting her on a course which you would think – oh, okay, big deal. She's going to be this, you know, rock star human that is going to be in a brilliant university and have this amazing life that he was, you know, very manipulative in getting her there, but pretty much robbed her of any kind of normal teenage experience. And Lloyd is this opportunity for her to have this kind of late teenage experience, but also just have this total love in her life. And when this whole investigation comes out and the you know the feds tell her he's guilty he's he's big time guilty and he is going away she realizes you know what i need to take the leap and make my life with lloyd so you know they the movie ends with them sitting on an airplane she's deathly afraid of flying also um they're sitting on an airplane and uh they're able to fly away to england and begin their life. I mean, the movie ends with, you know, the airplane seatbelt alarm dinging and it fades to black to some Ann Wilson music. So again, there's a lot that I've left out. Primarily the most iconic scene is after Diane dumps Lloyd because her dad told her to, you know, he's trying to win her back. And, you know, he goes to their house and holds the boom box up with Peter Gabriel's in your eyes playing and you know who hasn't seen that? I mean, everybody knows that scene. Um,
0: I yeah, have
1: You know, well, you've seen this movie probably. You've probably seen the movie what at least five or six times, right? Oh,
0: more than that. Yeah, I mean, you would watch this movie. On, you know, during the summer, if it was on TV, you would put yeah. this on. I mean, that's why it was on I'm one of t- our
1: worn-out VCR tapes. Yes, and although I don't remember the other two movies that were also recorded on that tape, sorry.
0: Um, no, I mean, and there was a lot of great things about this movie, you know, things that, that, you know, hearing your point of view on it is actually really why this is so much fun to do is, you know, I never even really thought about the whole, like, damaged women aspect of it, of Lloyd's life. I mean, I guess, you know, in hindsight, you know, he, he, he had this vision of what he wanted a relationship to be like and he had seen like all these he was surrounded by bad relationships i mean one of the scenes that is kind of iconic in the movie is why you know after diane breaks up with him you know because she's gonna go off to england and you know she gives him a pen oh, <laughs> so ridiculous i gave her i gave her my heart she gave and she me, gave a, me pen. a pen um, he goes to um, a gas and sip, which is basically just like a gas station <laughs> where guys are hanging out to to drink, and um, you know talk about how lonely <laughs> they are, and there's no women anywhere, and and um, all it, too
1: young to go to bars. And,
0: and and in this scene, you have Joe, who is his friend's ex, sitting there, and a young Jeremy Piven, mm-hmm. who um, is
1: is a jerk in this,
0: yeah. And um and like two or three other Jamokes that are just hanging out. And, who I don't remember who the actors are. Sorry,
1: but hysterically like a fourteen year old. Yeah, too. one of
0: them's like fourteen, and um <laughs> and and his classic line is after all the guys are talking about how terrible women are and how they don't want to be in relationships. It pans to this kid, and he goes bitches, bitches man. man and um that <laughs> became one of the many things Nancy and I said to each other all the time bitches man and um you know and Lloyd kind of has this epiphany like these guys don't know these guys are there's no women anywhere with the around these guys why aren't there any women and they're all just like by choice yeah we choose to not be in these relationships and that's not anything that he wants he has this idea of The relationship he wants. His parents, you know, his dad wants him to go in the military. He doesn't know what he really wants to do with his life. Because
1: at 19, who does? But he's feeling a lot of pressure to have to figure it out because he wants to date this superstar woman who's got this whole future lined up ahead of her. But that's
0: another... And all he wants to do is be with her, really. You know, wherever she is, he wants to be with her and be supportive of her and she be supportive of him. Yeah. So I have a couple of questions for you. Please. So you kind of said early on um, that this movie, because of when you saw it, kind of shaped kind of like your vision of what like a high school romance would be. Mm-hmm. So did um John Cusack or just the romance in the movie set like all of your standards for what you want a relationship to be?
1: Well, I mean, I think his character certainly <laughs> set an idea of like, wow, this that would be amazing to to have someone fall so hard for you and treat you the way that he treated you. That was awesome. And and I mean, and I have liked John Cusack. I liked John Cusack years before this, but this gave me the window to see him as a romantic lead. I mean, we'd seen him in movies prior mm-hmm. where he was very funny um, and more of a comedian. But this movie gave him a seriousness and a depth that I didn't know was possible. So I've loved John Cusack for many years well, because of this movie, and
0: he's been in lots of movies, especially like early on, where like relationships were kind of built around his movies. Yes, and and this is just one of those iconic char- characters that he got to play, where you know he's in high school, he's just graduating, and he wants to get his life going and the only thing he really wants to do is be with the person that he loves. Yeah. You know, the most. Um my other question is um is about the director.
1: Mm, Cameron Crowe. So
0: Cameron Crowe who did another movie that we grew up watching called Singles. Yes. And he's done almost famous which could have made both my of our li- lists. both of our lists um and Vanilla Sky which eh. is not really one of my favorites of his.
1: But he wrote Fast Times at Ridge Night Fast, High.
0: Yeah, he wrote Fast Times. Um, is this your favorite Cameron Crowe movie?
1: I think so. Yeah. It's the one I've certainly watched the most. Um, it's, yeah. It's it's the one that I feel the most emotional about. Yeah. And I haven't seen singles um, in in many, many years. I don't think I even own it on DVD or anything. Um, So I wouldn't even know how to rewatch it at this point. Um, I think I can. I'm sure you, that. I, you know, we can all find it. That's not even a problem, but, yeah. but no, say, any, say anything is a movie that I definitely think about more than any of the other Cameron Crowe movies.
0: So at the end of this movie, um, they're on a plane. They're going to England because she has this huge scholarship to go to school in England. Lloyd has said, you know what, I have nothing for me here. I have my sister and some friends, but I need to go on with my life. And he gets on a plane with her, and he really doesn't know what he's going to do, but he's going to go to England. We do not ever, of course, get a sequel to this movie. Do you think their relationship lasted?
1: I don't know. Who knows? I mean, it's. I think watching it at, what, age 12? I certainly hoped it would.
0: I think at age twelve you don't even twelve or thirteen, something like that. I don't even think at that age you're even hoping it. You just assume it does.
1: I I just assumed it would. I don't think I don't even think it dawned on me. I think I think the fact that they had already overcome the obstacles that they faced that summer. You know, I feel like the obstacle of her dad being such a dick (laughs) and really manipulating her so much Um, and she was able to find her way around that. And she was, she, she begged him for forgiveness. Um, you know, she, she came to that kickboxing studio and. I mean, Lloyd. Lloyd. Yeah. Yeah. She, you know. She did not
0: beg her dad for forgiveness. No, no, no. She,
1: she begged, (laughs) Diane begs Lloyd for forgiveness and it didn't take him very long. I think he just said. She's like, I'm sorry, I love you, and he's like, What was that? She's like, I love you. He's like, Can you just say it one more time? Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, he want because he. It's not like he stopped loving her. I mean, regardless of, you know, how hurt he was. I mean, he wanted it to work. But do you, I think they? I think yeah. I'm an, I'm a. I'm an optimist. I'm a romantic. Yes,
0: they so, made it work. So you don't think that, you know, they get to England and he What is she
1: going to do? Get together with some British guy? I think he says something <laughs> like to that effect. No.
0: That's very possible. I mean, no. you, you also said yourself, what does someone at 19 really know what they want to do with their life?
1: I don't know though. I feel like I th- there was there was a there was a maturity to their relationship though. I mean, I I think in and, and she Was it she, was there? It she wasn't, wasn't just trying high, to it change wasn't like him. high
0: school puppy dog love.
1: Who knows, but <laughs> I want to believe. I want to believe that they stayed together, and um, yeah, I, 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 it's not impossible.
0: I don't know. It's I'm not, not trying impossible. to. I'm not trying to play like devil's advocate here, but I will. <laughs> um, I mean, they're 19. She's going away to school. She doesn't. She she's going to get a career. He's sitting on her couch. He's not sitting on her right. couch. We don't know what he's doing. I mean, he really showed. Little ambition to really do anything.
1: Maybe he needed a change of scenery. I'm maybe he totally just needed okay. to be in England. You're
0: right. He probably needed to be in England, and he needed to discover what he wanted to do. Yeah. And maybe what he wanted to do will lead him away from Diane Court. I doubt it. Nope. I don't. I think they're still together.
1: I, I, I think. I think they're in there. Where would they be? Would they be in their, Like late forties now?
0: No. Uh, late forties, early fifties now. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yep. They're 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 just still together. Late forties. They're together. I that, believe it.
0: That's incredibly optimistic. Yep.
1: Aren't you? That's what I am. <laughs> I'm very optimistic, <laughs> and I'm very I'm a hardcore romantic. As you'll learn when you see some of the other movies that are on my list.
0: Well, now that we're done talking about saying anything, I think because. I think that we're just not going to agree on how... how Well, I mean, you think think that they broke up. I think that the odds are very high that their relationship did not last because of the experience, the new experience. I mean, face it, okay. When we were in our 20s, we were extremely optimistic about how things could be, and then we got into our 30s, and then we were like, what the hell did we know in our 20s? Because in our 20s, we were like, what the hell did we know when we were 18? So... You know, that's just how, you know, things are. As you mature, things change. Now, that's not everybody's story, but it's it's fairly common, I think. Mm-hmm. And the idea that they are still together is, you know, probably the reason why a movie like that lasts is because people want that. they We want to believe that Diane Court and... What's his last name? Lloyd Dobler. Lloyd Dobler. I'm sorry. That Diane Court and Lloyd Dobler are still together.
1: Well, you know, the movie... I mean,
0: isn't that what rom-com movies are about and all I that? I kind wouldn't of this call this whole, a rom-com, though. How would you
1: classify I, this movie? It is without classification. It's not a rom-com.
0: <laughs> is, it a teen, is it a teen romance movie?
1: No, because it was mature. I don't, I, I'm not going to put a label. It's a Cameron Crowe movie. Cameron Crowe movies sometimes fall outside of a specific classification. It's not a rom-com. Okay. And you know what? I'm going to just make the point again. This movie is about a summer romance that has the potential for a lifetime because the movie starts on high school graduation day and we can say it effectively ends on her last day of summer because she's getting on that plane to go to school and they are going to school together so i'm gonna say yeah they're together still
0: yeah yeah watch now that i think about it like a lot happens in that like It's an intense summer you know that summer they filled it
1: with a lot of memories There's a lot of
0: memories in there a lot of love watch out for that glass (laughs) Exactly. <laughs> See, exactly
1: Yes, he kicks the glass out of her After being awake for A whole day, going to that dumb party Yeah, yeah.
0: So, um, I haven't discussed this with Nancy But I'm going to propose this Is, you know, this being A brother-sister podcast And this being A podcast where It's not just about the movies that we watch But it's also about the relationships that we have I think that it would be in our best interest to try and reach out to other brothers and sisters and one brother and sister duo in particular. And since we've just talked about say anything, I really think that if anyone out there has any way of getting us together with John and Joan Cusack <laughs> to discuss how movies affected them growing up, <sighs> that would be the ultimate. So Anyone out there? If you have those connections, let us know, <laughs> because I think that that would make for a really fun podcast—not just for us, but for you guys to listen to. So
1: I'm just going to put that out there. Yeah, we'll put it out there. Okay, we'll we'll tweet him. We'll we'll send him the link to our to our podcast on Twitter.
0: Yeah, I don't know if he accepts stuff like that. Yeah, I think he he has to follow you. Okay. <laughs> well, we'll see. Anyway, thank you for listening. I'm Matthew. I'm Nancy. And this has been Fighting Over the VCR.